Dudes, you are listening to the Hatching Leaders Podcast. This is episode nine, hitting you right between the eyes with the good stuff about trust. Trust is the foundation of everything that we do, and yet most of us are in pursuit of transactions. We want that long-term gain, and we simply want to do the things that are quickly going to make us money. Well, we can't have our cake and eat it too, and we can't transactionalize people, and instead, we need to go deep, build trust, and we're going to talk with great levels of intensity today about how you can do that in your world. Know that how we treat people matters, how you treat those in your world, how you treat those that you're trying to get business from, because the long-term play in this will get you a long-term gain. So when I used to work for the church, uh, none of my friends called me about business because they knew I was broke. Uh, it was just understood that I was working for a nonprofit and uh, none of the money was coming my way. And then when I went into real estate full-time, I, of course, told the social media world, sent out letters to my sphere and that sort. I started to get some phone calls and some people saying that they wanted to learn about my business. And that didn't really stand out to me until uh, 2014. Early 2014, I opened up Hatch Realty. I went from working for another brokerage to having my own brokerage. And I received so many phone calls and emails from people that were kind of peripheral friends, people who I didn't know all that well. And all of them were saying, Eric, congrats, man. You opened up your own business. That's huge. Uh, I want to learn about it. Can we go out for coffee? And it's like, if somebody asked me out for coffee, you don't know me very well because I don't drink coffee. You know, like ask me out for a beer or ask me out for uh, a bubbly right now, and that would be my jam. Uh, but I said yes to, to the first few. And I remember going out uh, for coffee uh, with my buddy. We're going to call him James in this story. Uh, James had said to me, man, Eric, tell me all about your business. And so I told him and how we came to be and how we opened. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, how's Emily? How, how's, how's your family? Like, I know you guys are trying to have kids. Like, how's that going? And so I got to tell him about, uh, Emily and, uh, the battle that we had to get pregnant and, uh, was telling all these things. I'm like, man, it's so cool that he's investing in my life. And then on a dime, it switched. And James then tried to sell me his product. James then tried to uh, get me to sign up for whatever it is he was selling. And I can't, I don't even want to tell you what it is because I don't want to just pigeonhole people. Uh, But there are so many people who had taken my win, wanted to celebrate me, asked all about me, and then all of a sudden on a dime turned. I can't tell you the amount of trust that I lost in that, in that situation. I lost trust and faith in people because I felt like I was getting completely hoodwinked. I felt as though I was being transactionalized and I was uh, simply all that fluff, all that filler was just that. It it had nothing to do with uh, he or her wanting to learn about me. It was just a warm up for them to go in for the kill. I I can't be the only one, right? Like uh, I can't be the only one that's been transactionalized like this. I think trust was violated in that because they took what was a relationship and transactionalized it. And in my world, I think that I and my team members are deathly afraid of transactionalizing relationships. 
because the foundation of our relationships are trust. It's built on connection and vulnerability and proximity and all these things that we rely on. And when somebody just changes the script on us and they try to sell us something because of our relationship, it feels gross. Uh, there's a lot of multi-level marketing uh, people out there right now that are, that are using their social media platforms to sell. And I love the hustle. I do. I love and I respect the hustle. I hate that I feel like I'm being sold all the time. I mean, isn't that something that we all hate? I, I, and I, I've messed up on this a thousand times over. I, I'm the guiltiest of parties here. This is confession right now. I'm in my confession booth during my podcast preaching my sins to you that I have transactionalized people far too often. I, I fear that the foundation that we're, that we're building is good. The foundation of trust is good. Now, the foundation of trust, I, one of the things I can relate it to is Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm, I'm not an alcoholic. I have lots of friends and family members that are, uh, I, I don't know if that gives me validity to have this opinion or not, but uh, anyways, in AA, there is a foundation that's built there. That foundation is commonality and trust. We're all going through the same stuff. We're all dealing with the same struggles. And because you're in an ecosystem like that, where you trust people automatically, at least you know that they've seen the world from your perspective, you tend to let your guard down a little bit. I let my guard down on those coffee dates with those, with those people. And then it was just turned and it was gross. Now an AA, uh, you can let your guard down and there's, there's nothing to sell. There's no pitch. There's no anything else. I wonder if we have that kind of foundation and trust in our real relationships in our life. Are our real relationships built on trust or are they built on transactions? That person that works next to you, uh, that person who has uh, shared an office space with you, that person who does the same job as you, does that mean that you trust them? Or is trust something deeper than that? Is trust something that we have to be really careful not to violate? Now, in our world at Hatch Realty, again, I'm, I'm scared to death of uh, burning bridges and transactionalizing people. And so in this, in this time and in this instance of uh, lead generating, what I'm going to do is I'm going to call somebody who I care about and I'm not going to talk about me. I'm going to ask about them. I'm going to ask about their family just like James did. And I'm going to ask about their business just like James did. And then I'm going to stop. I'm not going to turn it into a sales pitch. And instead, I'm going to find ways to continue to re-engage as I learn more about their life. One of my favorite episodes of The Office, when Michael Scott opens up the Michael Scott Paper Company, paints this picture to a T. He and Ryan and Pam uh, open up the Michael Scott Paper Company and Michael goes back to his old Rolodex. And in his old Rolodex, uh, a literal paper Rolodex, he has all these uh, stats on people. And it wasn't about the, the amount of paper that they purchased, but it was instead about their life. And so, of course, Dwight Schrute, who is on the other side of this, decides that he's gonna steal Michael's Rolodex. And as he's doing so, he's reading on the card, the notes, and he said, uh, hello, we're, we're here to compete for your paper needs. And by the way, how is uh, your uh, black wife, Janice, or something like that? Like, it's just this super awkward, uncomfortable moment that the office paints all the time. 
But Michael Scott knew everything about his people. That's why he was a great salesman. Now, as a manager, that's a different story. I'm not saying he was a great manager, but as a salesman, he knew everything about his people because he spent the time to learn about their lives. He didn't try to hard sell them. And instead, he just said, by the way, uh, did your daughter make JV like she was hoping to? And just asking questions and showing that he has an interest beyond the transaction. Beyond the transaction is where trust is built. And with our team, we want to have them identify when a business conversation is coming. So here's how that looks is if they've made a bunch of phone calls and given value and sent text messages and invested in that person's life, only then can they ask for a business conversation. Talking about a real change of scenery, and I would say to you, uh, Tony, can I call you next week? I want to talk business for just a couple of minutes. And I wouldn't do that until I've called and talked and invested in and brought up all of these things that matter a lot. And that foundation is trust. And then I can identify a shift in our relationship as a transaction. But if you do what James did... And if you take that conversation and immediately try to turn it into a sales pitch, you have actually eroded that trust. You have diabolically ruined all the trust that I had in you because I've just become a paycheck. Hear this very clearly. How we treat people matters. And our job in this is to play the long game of shining a light on others and to praise them and to celebrate them and to lift them up and to talk about all the great things in their life and to show up when things get hard. The funerals of the world, the cancers of the world, uh, all those things that, that just create chaos. And that's not to just send your thoughts and prayers, but instead is to show up with a casserole or a hot dish uninvited. Or to ask them what they want for supper and you bring them food. Or to, uh, <clears throat> or to take their uh, lawn care and to go and just mow it for them because they don't have the time or the capacity. You want to talk about trust. The people that we trust the most are those that show up uninvited in the best sorts of ways. Now, I get asked the question all the time, Eric, how many people work for you? In your world, Eric, how many people work for you? How many people work for you? And my answer every single time is, I don't have anybody that works for me. My job is to work for the people in my life. And my job is to work for the people in my businesses. And I want you to think about that because, again, the foundation is trust. And will my team trust me in full if they work for me and they take orders from me and they're showing up so that I can have more? Or... Are they going to trust the world in which we've created if I am going to work for them? And literally, my my words and my actions have to match up and honor what it is they want. Now, asking over and over again with these people until you get to the core is going to be a huge point in your relationship building. Asking them what's important, finding out what matters, And diving deep into their true passions and desires is what's important. Simon Sinek, one of my favorite authors and speakers, talks about this with his book, Start With Why, and his uh, famous TED Talk, The Golden Circle, which is all about getting to the why, the core of what people want. If people are going to trust me, I, I, I can't just know the surface level stuff. And they can't just know the surface level stuff about me. 
I have to be the most transparent and vulnerable, vulnerable person in my world if I want anybody to honor that and to do the same. I need to be the first one to talk about the pie in my face. Now, if I can find out the why, it's not just what they're saying. I had a team member once say to me, Eric, I want to make $100,000 in a year. That's a lot of money. Eric, I want to make $100,000 in a year. And I think a lot of us stop right there. We don't dive deeper and beyond that $100,000. We just say, okay, that's awesome. How can I help you get there? (coughs) But why did that person want to make $100,000? So I asked, I said, why does that number matter to you? And they said, I don't know. I think I get out of some, you know, financial headaches that I'm in. Oh, what financial headaches are you in? Right? Well, I have some student loan debts and, uh, you know, these other things that I'd love to clear up. I'm like, I totally get that. Uh, what happens after you pay off that debt? Why do you still need to make $100,000? Well, yeah, I, need, I, I still need to make $100,000. Why do you want to make $100,000? Well, you know, I grew up kind of poor. Oh, tell me what that was like, right? So you start asking questions and finding out more. And they want to make $100,000 because it's that validating number that nobody in their life close to them had ever accomplished. They will feel important when they hit that number. That money is an empty promise. In fact, I was at the gym the other day talking with somebody there and I said, what are you doing after you graduate? There's this young kid there and I said, what are you doing after you graduate? And he's like, yeah, I'm gonna go and do this job and I'm gonna make a whole bunch of money. And I'm like, dude, money is the emptiest promise that's out there. Because I've had none and I've had a lot. And money has never brought satisfaction. Money is surface level. I think we all want it. We're all drawn to it. But if that's what we're saying as the depth of our relationship, we do not have trust. We just have a transaction. If we're talking about money as the thing that we're striving for, we don't have a real sense of value and connection. We just have a dollar sign that we're pursuing. I have a real estate buddy who is one of the most powerful realtors in the entire country makes more money, has his face on more things, uh, and has branded himself and has such a huge team. And I asked him, I'm like, dude, are you happy? And almost immediately he said, no, he's not happy. He has what appears to be everything, and yet he's not happy. And until he figures out what is behind that ninth layer of the onion, And until he figures out what is real trust in his life from the relationships that he has to the value that he brings to what his why is and what the why is of the people around him, he's not going to find satisfaction because more money, more problems. That is the true story here is that if you're pursuing money and if you're pursuing uh, cash as the value and if that's what you're motivating your team members for and if that's all you know about them, you have not gone deep enough. You were living in that transactional state just as well as those people asking me out to coffee were living in that transactional state. It was about what can I get for you instead of how can I transform your life? Here's the final thought. This final thought is this. You need to understand that if you're going to build these unbelievable relationships with your people, again, you have to be the first one to talk about where you suck. If I walked into an AA meeting and I declared my crap doesn't stink, 
I'm not an alcoholic like the rest of you. I have it all together. What's going to happen is they're going to be repulsed by that. You will be shunned. You will be turned off. And in our working worlds, isn't that how it looks sometimes? It looks as though we as the owners and the CEOs and the managers of the world, we walk in and we try to act like our crap doesn't stink. And when that happens, everybody else just smells stinky crap. They just do. It's a shame. And so we need to be the first, the loudest, the most vulnerable, and the ones most willing to let people in because that is where trust is built. And when you can be the first to get there, your team will follow suit and do the same. So with that, you've been listening to the Hatching Leaders Podcast. I'm having fun doing this. I hope you're enjoying it as well. This has been episode nine of the Hatching Leaders Podcast. And I want you to take this one challenge of go and be the most vulnerable person in your world. Find a way to open up and find a way to let people in and watch your world change. Now, please, my friends, go and do good.